0: On uh, January the 8th of 2021, I woke up Justin having a seizure. They did a CT scan and showed I had a brain tumor.
1: We knew probability the surgery would be successful, but we didn't know what was going to be on the outcome of that.
0: And so that makes our life and our family life different. People were pouring love to us from everywhere. And God's love to us. It wasn't just like, oh, we're thinking about you. Like it is set. Yeah, like real, 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 real.
2: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday over the next year, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to YSM. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Your Story Matters podcast. The last few have been incredible, uh, but I'm especially excited for this episode today because um, I've got two people with me who uh, are going to share about life things that uh, not a lot of people are going to talk about. And um, we're going to have a really good conversation today. While heavy in topic, I certainly hope everybody listening um, really pulls the goodness and, and truth from this. And um, you know, the whole point of this podcast is that we have stories that we get to share that can bring healing to ourselves and to other people. And Justin and Karen's story is one of those. And so, thank you guys so much for sitting down and being willing uh, just to talk about life and. Uh, the craziness that it is. So let's jump into things. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, what was faith like in your childhood?
0: Well, uh, I'm Karen Shipley Leggett and I'm here with my husband Justin and I am a Frederick native, uh, born and raised here. We actually uh, live in the home that I grew up in. What? Yeah, we bought it from, uh, from my dad a couple years ago. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, again, having um, been born and raised here in Frederick, I um, did grow up in the church, you know, a New Methodist church, christened there, confirmed there. We were married there. Wow. <laughs> uh, so very, very strong ties um, to uh, what I call my home church. Yeah. Um, you know, church was a big part of our life. Uh, my family, I'm an only child, uh, so it was me, my mom, and dad. Um, a big part of our lives, um, you know, and time was spent at our church and serving our church um, in many different ways. Um, I was part of the youth group. That's where I started um, singing was at church and that you know took me into my career and all those other things that we'll get into.
1: Um, Justin, what about you? So I'm Justin. Born and raised in a small town in eastern North Carolina. uh, Probably about 10,000 people. Went to a Baptist church and I think I was about twelve or thirteen when I realized that not everybody went to church, yeah, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But for me, it was more of an obligation. There was no connection. I wasn't I didn't do the youth group. I was wanted to play sports, and so oftentimes, like I'd skip out on choir and find a spot on the building and throw baseball against <laughs> uh, against the side of the building yeah. and then after so for me, it was just it was hard to connect and then after. Uh, college, went to Texas, and I started then kind of shifting from Baptist church to a Methodist church. It was just more open, more, it felt normal, and then moved out here in 06 um, and really struggled to find a church. Yeah. I mean, it took me probably four months, five months, and then met Karen and started going to Calvary with her, yeah. and then we started coming to Collective in March of this uh, year, of this year. Yeah. and I had mentioned to you, like, we got the, we got a full, we got a postcard Uh, for Easter back when Collective was in the school and it was like Mm -hmm. yeah you know and it just kind of kept popping back up Um, and so it's been it's been really great to not only for us to come but also to get our kids involved as well
2: yeah for people listening um, Collective before we launched we sent out mailers which in the church planning world is like aggressive marketing (laughs) which is not good marketing anymore. But we sent out these mailers. We did a few runs before we launched. And then we, we doubled back, you know, the first year. And the picture on the front is, is the city of Frederick. We mm-hmm. didn't want it to be the church. One, because we didn't actually have pictures of the church when we sent out the first set. But we recognized, like, people love this city so much. They'll probably keep a pretty good photo of their city. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, there's some church information on the back. And what's crazy is five years in, we still meet people who are like, five years ago, I got this mailer. Mm-hmm. I kept it. And eventually they, they, you know, they went downtown, they saw our name pop up and like these connecting points. Um, What, what else you need to know though, is that Justin's in marketing. And so (laughs) we don't do mailers anymore uh, because they just don't work the way that they used to. Um, But it's really interesting. It was one of those things that we did and um, we still meet people from it, which is crazy because today that wouldn't.
1: They wouldn't. wouldn't No, it's so different. But but I remember getting it. I remember Karen and I talking about it in the kitchen, and I remember us. We were looking for a new church, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I felt like the Methodist church at that time was just kind of going in a different direction than we were, and I just didn't feel like that's where I wanted our kids to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you guys have twin middle school boys. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, our boys are... 11 That'll be 12 in April. Second fun fact. Yeah. Justin did attend a Methodist church. He was living, uh, when he moved to Maryland, he was living in Owings Mills outside of Baltimore. And um, he did attend a Methodist church uh, in Towson. And at the time, the senior pastor at that church was the associate pastor at the church I grew up in, who <laughs> christened <What>? me.
2: <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Yeah, there's these, there's these uh, interweavings yeah. of... Faith, like, yeah. you can absolutely not make this up. Yeah. Um, that yeah, happened. yeah. This has happened throughout our, our, you know, over 15 years together. Um, but yeah.
2: So. Well, yeah. Especially because you guys grew up in completely different areas. Got belief in God, but like faith is important. Like mm-hmm. still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like?
0: So um, as Justin mentioned, he moved uh, to Maryland in August, August of 06. Yeah. At the time I had uh, moved back. Uh, to Frederick after completing an internship in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I'm a board-certified music therapist by train, um, and so I was uh, living back at home because I just worked for free for seven months. Um, So at that time, I was saving money and um, actually was getting ready to buy my first house, uh, which was in Westminster. Okay. So during this period of time, I'm like 22, baby, I'm a baby. I was working through a really... um, unfortunate college relationship that was emotionally abusive and just bad news. So uh, I'd kind of given him the heave-ho and was like, okay, well, I do nothing but work. I um, am in the car all the time. Like, I'm not going out with people, like, where? Do, how do I meet someone? And so, you know, that was when um, the online dating services were huge, yeah. right? Now, I'm not talking about apps. Yeah, the safe ones, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. About yeah. online. Yeah. On your computer, you had to sit and type. Um, and uh, so I put together a profile on eHarmony.
2: You were t- 22.
0: I was 22. Uh, that was probably September of 06. I bought my home in December of 06. And so uh, when I moved, uh, it was actually New Year's Eve, 2006, going into 2007. And um, I went into my eHarmony profile because I had, you know, sort of talked to the other guy and it was, you know, not proud moments. Um, but I went into my account and I changed my address because I'd moved. sure. And um, changing my address to Westminster, Maryland, put me within 30 miles of Owings Mills, Maryland, where Justin had put together an eHarmony profile, um, kind of um, not on his own volition. Uh, He had a a really dear family member who was like, listen, you are a great catch, you're such a good person, you do nothing but work, you need to meet somebody. Um, And she said, if you don't do it by Thanksgiving, I'm gonna do it for you. (laughs)
1: And good. I, but but even with that like I was I was prepared to move back to Houston yeah like, I mean he was here. not
0: a Maryland fan I mean I was here yeah, from August it's and cold.
1: and by, yeah and let'll just leave it at that yeah um yeah. but yeah and it, so I got yeah. here in the beginning of August and then by like November I'm like this is not for me yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm working crazy hours and beyond stressful situations and I'm just not feeling it and I'm like I'll just go back to Texas and people are normal there.
0: Right. So when I <laughs> changed my my address that created a match for us on New Year's Eve which we sort of feel Guys. is a little serendipitous. And uh, so shortly after, we sort of corresponding through website, yeah. app thing that they have, you know, and then it was, we aim, we chatted on aim, oh, you know, which that. is super fun. And then about three weeks later, we uh, decided to meet up at a Starbucks in Owings Mills. Yep. For quite some time, it was oh, we met at Starbucks. Yeah, it's um, not a lie. You it's not it. a lie, right? It's...
2: This is breaking news for so, your family so, and no, friends. No, no, no. <laughs> I think everyone
0: knows. I think everybody knows. Uh, if that. not, how surprised? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how we met, and in our you know sort of initial conversations and um, dinners and things, you know, talking about church and our faith, which for us that was important. Yeah. And so I have a vivid memory of sitting in the mall in Westminster. He and I were on the phone and he said, you know, um, I think it's really important that we go to church together this weekend. Uh, I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, Because obviously my previous relationships had, some of them had not been uh, intermingled in faith and uh, that level of importance was not shared with my partner at the time. Uh, So that was incredible. And when I I remember telling my mom that and she's like, great, (laughs) sign me up. (laughs) This guy sounds wonderful.
2: (laughs) Justin, what made you, from the childhood experience of going but not investing in it, what made you want to do that in this relationship?
1: So I think even when I was in Texas, like it was like I just had this like desire and like there was just this void Mm -hmm. and I remember going to church with my grandparents and it's a small like wooden, you know, the old wooden steeple tie, yeah. real, really, yeah. really, really small. And I just always remember having these faith conversations with my grandfather. He and I talked every Saturday at noon and it didn't matter where I was at in the world. I literally still remember to the day I was in Chinatown in uh, San Francisco and it's 9am and I'm walking around and start calling them and we start having these whole conversations about faith. and. They just kind of like sparked this new desire and that there was this void that was missing. Yeah. And so I did find an amazing church when I was in, in the woodlands. Um, and it was a Methodist church and, and the minister and associate pastor, they were just awesome. And it just like, it just filled this void in my life. Absolutely. And then, um, and it became like this something I enjoyed doing. It wasn't like an obligation. It was, yeah. you know, and, and back then, um, Contemporary services were just starting to Mm -hmm. really come on. And, you know, I helped with um, setting up the contemporary service at the church and just trying to pilot that and trying to gauge the the church members. Is it something they're going to be interested? Is it like, how are we going to do this? And everything that we thought was completely opposite. We had the older generation going to the contemporary service wow. we had the younger generation going to the <laughs> to the traditional yeah. so it was just really everything that we thought logically was just completely off base but yeah still to this day i literally was just texting with a friend of mine from that church yeah. and mm-hmm. um we we're going to be out in houston in april and you know grabbing lunch with them but they the question that they always asked was did you see god today yeah. so like every time like we started a small group it was like did you see god today or did you see yeah. god this week and mm-hmm. it was like still to this day I still remember that and I still have those communications with with Pamela and David about that and um, so when coming here is like I just struggled it was like the churches Mm -hmm. were just completely different we did go to a non-denomination in Westminster Mm -hmm. to Crossroads and Mm -hmm. it was it was great it was it filled the need at that time but I think as we both grew and as we both went through challenges of life I think our needs changed
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so for you guys to start dating and immediately say, no, like, this is going to be a priority is a really big deal. And, and we know, you know, people listening to this podcast who live in this area know, oh yeah, like when you find a church you love, you, you do what you can to get there. Specifically one that kind of fills that yeah. void spiritually with community or even just like, you know, the phase of life you're in. And so, so you guys, you start dating. All of a sudden, you're like, "All right, faith's got to be yeah. a major piece of this." And we
0: drew, and we would come to Frederick from yeah. Westminster to yep. um, to Calvary because yep. that was what was was really what was comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it absolutely filled needs for both of us.
2: Yeah. Talk to us about. All right, so when did you get married?
0: We met January twentieth, two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and uh, we were engaged the end of August of that year. Yeah and uh we we had a long engagement we didn't get married until september of 2008. Okay. yeah so we got married life was really good yeah. and then on january the 19th 2009 uh, my mom was killed in a car accident um, she was uh, headed to a work meeting in Hagerstown, and there was a freak snowstorm that happens over South Mountain all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and it was um, a really unfortunate um, accident. There were a, a lot of a lot of people involved, um, two fatalities, which included my mom and one of her colleagues. Uh, and they were actually in two different cars in two different parts of the accident, wow. which makes it even crazier. Yeah, for us, uh, I mean, that was incredibly. Shocking, tragic, traumatic. You name all those scary words. And that's what that was. My dad had called Justin to tell him and said, I I need you to go tell Karen in person. So here's my husband of just barely four months having to come and tell me that my best friend had died. It was a moment in our lives that shook us to Mm. the absolute core. For me, it was the first time I'd ever been shaken like that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd experienced other losses in my life, grandparents, great-grandparents, sure. um, but this was something different. Just different, it was different. Yeah. I mentioned, you know, as a board-certified music therapist, I uh, had started working in hospice care um, when I moved back home. So that, I was really 22 when that happened. Mm. Um, <laughs> and um, luckily at the time I, I was, um, I had um, just actually finished um, my graduate degree at Hood College in Thanatology, the study of death, dying, and bereavement. Yeah. Um, so intellectually, I had, and, and professionally, I had all of these tools. Yeah. Um, but wow, they all yeah. really failed <laughs> when it yeah. came down to, you know, having to utilize all of that yeah. for myself and for for my relationship, my marriage. I mean, there were, I, I remember sitting with Justin, um, you know, within six months after my mom died and said, like, you don't have to stay, like, you don't have, you don't, you can go. And I remember looking at him and saying, you didn't sign up for this. And he was like, <laughs> so do you remember the vows that we yeah, said? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I actually did sign up for it and yeah. you didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. None of us asked for this. Well, we're going to get through it. And um, we absolutely leaned on our faith. And I mean, even. The day after my mom's funeral service, which was held at Calvary, um, you know, we were there the next day. My dad was an usher. Like, that's yeah. one of the ways he served a church. And he was there yeah. ushing, as yeah. we call it, like, yeah. because he's like, this is where we belong. This is our family. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we were there and and we attended really, really regularly and just were really, we were fed. Everybody rallied around us. Yeah. Friendships that came from that,
1: it was relationships to this day that are still, I can call on several of the men that were there Mm -hmm. and ask for help and they'd be right there. And I think that was what we needed at the
0: time. Mm -hmm. It came to a point where though we weren't fed spiritually, it was going for the connectivity versus really diving deep and connecting ourselves to Christ.
2: Yeah. You know, you start dating, faith is a major part of your life. You get married, mountaintop moment, months later, you know, this this tragic accident happens. A lot of times people think, well, we did everything right. Faith was a part of our dating relationship. It was a part of our engagement. It was a priority in our life. Yeah. But then this bad thing happens, and oftentimes people think, well, that's because I didn't have faith. And one thing about your guys' story that I hope people are really picking up on is, like, no, no, no. Like, this was important to us, mm-hmm. and this sad thing still happened. Yeah. That faith is what helped you get through yeah. that moment, but you know, whether you have faith forever or, or it's brand new, like the highs and lows still exist. Yeah, they still come. Right? The pain still yeah. happens. Yeah. How you respond to that is a lot of times indicative of, mm-hmm. of where your faith is and what, what you trust. You know, you guys go through this major thing. Karen, like you said, you're a mess. Grief is so hard. Yeah. Um, it's not something that goes away. You said it's been 14 years.
0: January will be 14 years. Yeah.
2: But you guys rally. You know, you get through it. You know, coming out of kind of that season, right? Because, again, the grief never goes away. Continue forward with your story and, like, what was faith like? Because that kind of seems like a defining moment Mm -hmm. in your faith for you guys of, like, seeing, oh, this is really good in this really bad moment.
0: Yeah. So we probably did not the best thing ever we decided okay well let's try to have a baby <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's fill this let's fill this void sure <laughs> with a creature um anyway and I say it like mommy may not may might not have not been the best decision but I feel like if we hadn't made that decision we wouldn't have our voice today so yeah. it like everything you know uh, builds upon each itch- sure. itself so um so we decided like okay well now we're married great all right let's uh let's Make, let's let's have a family. Um, you know that was something we were both super clear on from the get-go too. And um, so we started trying. Ran into a lot of difficulties um, getting pregnant, and um, ultimately went through um, really comparatively to a lot of people. We we went through um, a year of fertility treatments. Um, you know which. It was hard in its own way, you know, as a woman saying all the things to myself like this is what you're supposed to do sure. Why can't you do this, you know, and you know, Justin just being Just the rock of like it's okay. It'll be okay. And don't worry We can adopt or you know, like always looking to be like it's gonna be okay yeah. And so ultimately uh, we ended up uh, doing uh, IVF yeah. and got pregnant with two little boys and <laughs> um, and um that was really exciting it was really exciting and it was it was an absolute answer to a lot of prayers um not just for us but our entire family yeah um because it was again such a really hard season so yeah. you know so it was still took time right yeah. and so i'm still grieving i'm still working through all like yeah. it's it's you know it's just a constant it's constant work yeah. we got pregnant and um I was 34, 34 weeks pregnant and um, went to like a routine doctor's appointment. I, of course, was followed like super closely, like yeah. all the things. Yeah, because of the treatment. Yeah. And um, they were delivered via C-section uh, at 36 weeks in wow. one day. Yeah, there you go. Um, but again, like because everything was safe, we were good. Yeah. Um, but that, again, was a time where it was like, okay, wait a minute. We, we, we wanted this. We, we, pay, we paid a lot of money for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not what matters but like these are these are two very wanted little creatures in our lives and so we had to turn again you know even deeper and be like okay god like you've got to see us through this we know we know that this is not how you want this story to end at the time I was working in a in hospice and was an administrator so um I had connections um um, I was seen, uh, and the boys were born at Sinai Hospital in Baltimore, uh, which is a Jewish facility. Yeah. Um, so I had a connection with the um, with the pastoral care staff there, who is led by a rabbi. And so um, Rabbi Ackerman came to see me, and then I had our minister, who always would wear a collar when he went on, on hospital visits. And so he comes to see me, and then one of the chaplains who worked for me came in, and she's Baptist by faith. So that I'm like, I have all the staff this going. This is everything. Whoa, yeah. You got it, You got all. This your girl bases is covered. covering her <laughs> yeah. bases. Yeah. Um Yeah. So again, then, you know, they were born and healthy, No NICU time. I mean, just like the incredible blessing of all of that.
1: It I mean, it was just it it was just such a the whole process. Yeah. Because even as a guy like, Mm -hmm. you know, even though I, you know, when we were doing the IVF, like I had to be, you know, checked to see if I was the issue. Yeah. And so like I had all these concerns and, you know, insecurities from that standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. but then, you know, it's always funny because like I, every guy I've ever talked to has always said the same thing. It's like when they are leaving the hospital, they're driving like 10 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, you're like, what am I supposed to do now? It's like, I, you know, we, we came into the hospital and it was just the two of us. And yeah. now we're leaving out as four. You guys it's doubled. Four. We yeah, did. Which is yeah. different. <laughs> we we're just overachievers. <laughs> um and and, and, you know at the end of the day it was just like wow like here we go from two to four and it's like how are we going to make this work and so then like I went from the guy's standpoint of financially how are we going to make this work Mm -hmm. because you know there are now all these additional costs that even though we had money set aside I'm like we're going to blow through that real quick
2: well and like you said earlier like you know when you go through IVF specifically, it's a little bit more taken care of now. Mm
0: -hmm. But,
2: you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, it was was it it was a choice. Yeah. Oftentimes it was buying a home or IVF or it was retirement or IVF. Um, So you guys, I mean, your first few years of marriage were just a roller coaster, right? Because because and there is that pressure underneath when it comes to being people who love Jesus, that you're like, oh, I'm supposed to have kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, like people will be like, biblically, be fruitful and multiply. And you're like, hey, <laughs> you're you're missing the the point of that, which is like bearing fruit, not just multiplication. It's like just live a life that bears fruit Absolutely. and try to multiply that rather than like have all the babies. Mm-hmm. But there's still this underlying pressure. There's still this feeling of like um, we we have friends who have been through IVF before, and wrongly, very wrongly, Christians were like, this isn't how God intended for you to get pregnant because it's not natural. And you're like, God created science. like let's let's exactly. get that into our brains. Like God gave us the ability to figure this out yep. because I think God wants to give people the opportunity, you know. So it's it's just like roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster, you wanted the boys. Yeah. you love them one day they'll hear this podcast and they'll know for sure <laughs> yes. but at the same time like you said you went from just you guys yeah. still kind of grieving still trying to figure out what is life yeah. like to now there's four of you mm-hmm. people who have kids know immediately you're like I don't I don't know what I'm doing mm-hmm. but I've got to keep them alive right and it's hard and so, <laughs> so here you go nice. again like let's the joy of, of having children of course paired with the what the heck do we do and here you guys are again kind of in, Still One breathing. of those scenarios, yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, yeah, I mean, I I remember saying, to Je- looking at him, going, "Who let us bring these tiny <laughs> humans home?" I, I
2: don't understand it. You walk out with a child, and they're like, put it in the car. And yeah,
0: like- and they by the time and by the time we left the hospital, they were both just under five pounds. I mean, we're talking little. I mean, smaller than. A, a a flower, like yeah. I mean, they were little tiny yeah. critters, not as solid,
2: no, at least that's like compact, right? No, yeah. no, they're
0: very floppy, and yeah, I don't know, yeah, it was, it was an adventure, yeah, to say the least, yeah, so, yeah, so we, you know, we have these babies, and um, you know, we started taking them to church with us you know very early and um you know we continued to attend um church in frederick Um, they were also christened at calvary then as they started to get older and i actually changed my job um and was not working a traditional monday through friday role anymore um it just made it a lot harder to take that 45 minute drive from westminster to frederick and so um for a number of years we were just kind of doing god on our own like without that community Sure. And there wasn't necessarily something that happened or an event. It was just sort of like a, we came to a knowing, for lack of a better word, that like, we have got to go to church.
1: We just knew something was missing. Like we knew something was off, like
0: in our relationship, in our family, in our, and knowing that we didn't want to, we wanted to be in a community within our community in Westminster. We didn't want to have to leave the area. Um, And that's when we just up and decided one day to go to Crossroads, um, which sits on 140 as you're coming into Westminster. And having both of us having worked in Baltimore the entire time we lived in Westminster, driven back and forth by the place a million times, and then just decided one day, oh, let's just try that place.
1: Yeah. Well, and I (laughs) think, and I think for me, like as the dad, and and I hate, and I understand, like you know, in the Bible as far as like the father, you know, like the male being the leader or whatever, and like I struggle with that. I understand, but it's like you know, marriage is 50-50, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. I just had this feeling, like, I need to do this for my family. I need to kind of push this, because Mm -hmm. I knew it was, and it was a void for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. And we
1: had the conversations, and it's, like, so, as, as like, the dad, like, I I want my kids to grow up going to church, Mm -hmm. but in a different way than what I did, and being in a different situation. And it doesn't, and, you know, and I kind of think back, like, I just don't think my parents knew. Like, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. Back, it wasn't detrimental in, by any in, means, yeah.
0: but just different.
1: I mean, back in the late 70s, early 80s, it's like your your options are are limited. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I think my mom grew up Baptist and my dad grew up Methodist. And so they just, that's how it went. And yeah. So um, so for me, I just felt like I want, I really, I have this desire for my kids to grow up mm-hmm. and, and experiencing something bigger than they are. Yeah.
2: This isn't a broken faith. Mm-hmm. This isn't bad faith. Mm-hmm. This is just, you know, God saying, hey, like, you know that feeling you've had before? It, it's back. Yeah. And let's let's do the next thing.
0: It's like, it's the tug on the heartstring to be yeah. like, okay.
2: It's But it's so cool because so on, many come people. Come back. But people would give up at this yeah. point. Because yeah. they go, oh, here we go again with that <laughs> void. Yeah. Instead of going, no, I know how you solved
1: it in the past. But I think, too, so many times people would have given up for many of the things we've gone through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think for us, like. Yeah. Yeah we lean in that much harder Mm -hmm. um because i think there's been many times where i feel like god just kind of revealed little things and it's like okay there's hope Mm -hmm. there's hope that there's going to be a new day there's hope there's Mm going to be a new season there's hope that we're going to work through Mm -hmm. again i just go back that's what i got from church yeah Yeah. and i and i really learned that more when i was in texas than anywhere else because i just you know i i've would go into the community. I would serve at the soup kitchen. I would do all those things, Mm -hmm. and I would see, I would just see it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like for me, it's like I see what we do here, and like I teach that to the kids. Like I make it a point, like we did the grocery store buyout. You saw us in the grocery store. I made the boys go and pick (laughs) everything out because I didn't want it to be is it it's went, just
0: a thing that mom and dad are dragging yeah, us to, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I wanted them to experience, and I wanted mm-hmm. them. And, and Parker, who's our oldest. Um, he, by a minute and a half. Yeah, by 90 <laughs> seconds. But, like, but I'm still. sure he, he tells people that. A thousand He percent. does. Yeah. Um, but he <laughs> didn't really want to participate, and he mm-hmm. struggled with it. And by the end, he was so into it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we just need to get one more thing. I'm like, get whatever you want. Fill this whole card up. And if we need to get a second, we'll get a second.
2: Well, and what you guys are doing is you're building a foundation in them. They don't know it yet, right? right? But at some point, they're going to become adults. And they're going to go through something hard. And they're going to go, wait a second. Like, this is the time where we lean in. Um, But so many people lean out. The moment one hard thing happens, especially losing someone you love who doesn't deserve it, especially... You know, wanting and desiring good things children, it's a good thing, yeah. you know. But here you are again, <laughs> more roller coaster. You guys feel the void. Um, you lean in. You start getting involved in Crossroads.
0: Yeah, I was on the praise team and, you know, loved it. And it was, um, for us, it was like, wow, this is just it's so real. This yeah. is so real. And that's what we needed in, and at the time. So I guess fast forward a little bit to um, 2016 when we decided to move back to Frederick yeah. in a not particularly safe space yeah. in our home. And so Justin um, actually <laughs> told me. Uh, I talked to your dad and we're moving, we're moving to his house. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but I was like, okay, like that's what, this is what we're doing. Um, anyway, very long story. we short with that. Three weeks later, <laughs> we packed up our home and uh, moved into um, what was my childhood home? um and my dad was moving forward in a relationship with my now stepmom carol and um you know that was just the perfect timing for everyone it was like okay this is this is where we're moving and uh and uh so yeah so we moved back back to frederick and what was interesting is we both said okay we're doing this but we're not we're we're not going to calvary yeah like we're not we're We're not going to go back to our home church like we're going to go somewhere new um yeah, we had a couple of years where it was just, you know, again, that court sort of like stumbling around, you know, still faithful, still, you know, attended, you know, church services, you know, on the big, the big yeah, days, yeah, Christmas, yeah, New yeah, Easter, yeah. right? Um, Watched, did a lot of even online viewing and listening, yeah, even prior, well, even, of course, prior to the pandemic. Fast forward a bit to 2020, yeah. when everyone's world got turned upside down in many ways. We're dealing with our then eight-year-olds, almost nine-year-olds, having to explain to them why they couldn't go to school and all these things. Not see their friends. Yeah. And um, I know we watched a couple of collective services during that time and um, just, you know, again, sort of piecemealed our way through. And then on uh, January the 8th of 2021, I woke up Justin having um, a seizure in bed next to him early a.m. hours. I don't have any recollection of it. Thankfully, unfortunately, he has way more than me. Um, but this was um, really out of the blue. No health issues. Yeah. No no previous concerns with my brain or anything weird. You know, that was my first ambulance ride. It took me 38 years to get one, um, but I got one and. Um, <laughs> Uh, Went to the hospital and, um, you know, they were asking all these questions and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Um, they said, okay, like we're going to do some scans. And, um, they did a CT scan and, um, showed I had a brain tumor and was like, "Oh, oh, okay. Um, the, um physician's assistant who took care of me at the hospital that day um she came in and she's like oh is your husband here yet because of course it's early a.m hours Justin's home with the kids like he's trying to reach and it's COVID yeah right yeah so it's like who right who can come in like who knows right and I was like no he's not here he's on his way and I was like but do, like, do you know something she's like I do but that's why I said no you need to tell me now yeah. so she did and I said okay uh and I said I would like for you to come back in when Justin gets here so you can tell us together again so she was incredible I mean she was an absolute gift um, to us and by the time Justin got there she had already phoned the neurosurgery team at Johns Hopkins and gotten me connected um, with a world-renowned brain surgeon and um, by that night we were having a conversation with him on the phone um, and he says okay I'm gonna see you all next Tuesday in my office and we're gonna schedule you for surgery because we got to get this thing out okay um that was crazy. <laughs> um, it was about two, two and a half weeks from the time of my seizure to the date of my surgery. You know, there was no way to tell what this tumor was, how long it had been there, none of it, um, you know, until they took it out and could do pathology and, and figure out what was going on. So I was on medications to suppress any seizure activity that might come back up or anything like that. And we spent those two weeks making a lot of plans. making a lot of plans uh you know I've worked in end of life uh, literally since I was 21 years old I started my internship in a hospice and uh, everyone had known my uh, end of life wishes verbally I'd never written anything down so during that time we were completing living wills and advanced directives and um Uh, You know, making sure that we had all our bases covered for every possible scenario, (laughs) or at least thinking we did. Right. But during that time, we also renewed our wedding vows. Yep. Of course, it was during COVID, so we did it Zoom. Like every, we had all our friends and family on Zoom, um, which was fun. Um, So we really took that time to to cement what we needed to within our marriage, within our family. A lot of sleepless nights. A lot of conversations a lot of praying a lot of
1: reassuring the kids yeah. yeah right yeah because they unfortunately heard everything yeah i mean they heard me on the phone with 9 they heard me talking with ems you know that was tough yeah that was real tough yeah
2: i mean the world was already shaken yeah. because of covid yeah so the world was already turned upside down and then this major thing
0: happened this major thing where you're like my mom is not okay yeah. and as a nine-year-old Your mom is supposed to be okay. And um, so January 25th of 2021, I had brain surgery. And at that time, there was no visitors allowed at Hopkins. So Justin had to pull up in front of the hospital and dump me out on the sidewalk. Um,
1: And not know if I'd pick her up.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh, guys. Yeah. Like, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Um,
1: But I was fortunate I got to stay with very close friends that were about five miles from Hopkins. Yeah. And, so he was in the
0: close vicinity, yeah. should he need and, to be yeah. there.
1: Um, Peter works in healthcare, and so we were able to have conversations about things while we were there. And I mean, he just made sure that I didn't think. Sure. <laughs> like, literally, did nothing, didn't yeah. think, but just just be okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I, you know, and I so kind of the same thing, like, I think back to like, people in your lives that come into. They're there for you when you need them the most mm-hmm. and um, like that was one of those situations mm-hmm. um, but it was See. just a really because even you know yes we knew probability the surgery would be successful sure. um, yeah. But we didn't know what's going to be on the outcome of that. We didn't know what the pathology reports were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled because the neurosurgeon went to Duke and played at Duke. <laughs> we had some interesting conversations about that, but world-renowned, so I kind of let that one slide. You
0: may have written, go heels, on my right arm <laughs> in Sharpie. <laughs> um <laughs> it's not a lie yeah. it actually happened it did. actually happened and when i woke up it had been removed oh, okay. that's good <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. um but anyway uh yeah that time you know while we while we weren't consistently attending a church people from our church families yeah. from everywhere from justin's Ugh. folks in texas wow. and um, people in my mother-in-law's church in North Carolina. And I mean, just people were pouring love to us from everywhere and God's love to us. It wasn't just like, oh, we're thinking about yeah. you. Like it yeah. is real. set. Yeah, like real, yeah. real, real, real. I mean, um, the number
1: of prayer requests I think she was on <laughs> at different churches, <laughs> yeah. like.
0: I just find out I'm still at my best friend's grandma's in Thermont. You still
1: are on the one at yeah. Josh's uh, Moms in I New really Orleans. Appreciate-
0: yeah. Listen, I'm like, I take all I can get, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: For people who have had terrible experiences with church, yeah. like, and and there's the, yeah. hey, this wasn't the right church for us yeah. at this season of life. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. There's the whole, like, burned by the church thing. Like, people do get burned by the church, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, we get it. We see it all the time at Collective. Mm-hmm. But there's this other piece of the church that a lot of people don't get to see, which it really is beautiful. And that's one of the things yeah. that you see is, like, your investment in a community, your love of God people's love for you and faith is a part of it. There's this interconnectedness in the kingdom of God yeah. Yeah. Um, that truly is yeah. just incredible. Yeah. And you guys experienced it in a cool way that a lot of people don't, don't get did. to. We did. And
0: I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Um, that's just grateful is not even the right word for it, but I, there's not a word in our English language that can really just describe um, how all those cards, texts, things, you know, meals, stuff like that, that, you know, came to us, um, as a result of this. So, um, you know, again, my, my surgery went really well. Um, I was out of there in two days, which is crazy. I'm like, you cut my brain open. Are, yeah. you, are you sure I can leave? Like, are you sure yeah. this is okay? Kind of like coming home with the little tiny humans. Like, are you sure? She's <laughs> okay? like, all right, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was probably about three weeks later, when we got the final pathology report, and um, it indicated that my tumor, which was fully removed, was a grade three anaplastic astrocytoma, um, which is a malignant brain tumor. Um, and with that, um, you know, there's these little tiny cells that can just be just chilling in the in the brain and um, no, not found on the MRI until they start to grow together. Um, so you're never in remission from brain cancer. You can be... Um, you can have no evidence of disease, that's the, that's the word that you use, but you're never in remission from brain cancer. So that was something we had to learn and continue to sort of share and educate people in our lives about. And so that makes our life and our family life different. Yeah. For the first uh, year I was getting repeat MRIs every three months just to make sure everything was still good. Um, we moved to an every four months scan last year and have my next one in January, end of January. So with those first couple scans, there was a lot of anxiety that came into play for both of us. Not that we were worried that something would be there, but like, what if there was, you know, and having gone through this period of our lives of not knowing that something was growing up in my head. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> takes that sense of security away when you're yeah. like, oh, I know this can happen now, um, because you've seen it happen to other people, but it's never happened to you. Right. Um, so probably about the middle of this year, I finally came to a place. Where I'm like, you know what? Here's how we're going to approach these scans my brain is innocent until proven guilty yeah. and so you know we're gonna we're gonna live our lives and um we call it responsible yoloing
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because
0: you know you you can take that yeah. to a really yeah. deep dark place yeah um, a costly place um but for us um i started actually before i had the surgery and while i was in the hospital like i started making a to-do list not a bucket list because that's yeah. you know like it's depressing trendy yeah and i don't want like i just there's things i want to do yeah. and regardless of if my life expectancy is shortened um like there are things i want to do no matter what right so um you know we we've started to tackle that to-do list and um you know do things to make memories with our kids and thinking about what's important to us that's where we get the responsible YOLOing. Like, that's why we're taking like five trips next year. Um, <laughs> well, three but,
1: are for, for baseball. For baseball. Sure, sure. <laughs> but anyway,
0: um, you know, and then it, it kind of came down to, you know, again, that was still during the pandemic. Like, vaccines had just come out. So we were slowly starting to reintegrate, you know, into our community, whether it's with friends, family just you know going out to dinner you know stuff like that um not having to sit outside although it's nice but not when it's cold (laughs) um so that led us into another conversation about like okay well now that we've gotten my body sort of fixed now let's deal with our hearts and our souls and our spirit you know and um that was what led us to back to that postcard yeah. um you know and because we would of like we'd followed the church on social media since then and whatever and you know just was sort of like in the background yeah. you know and because of my job you know having to work Sundays or Saturday nights you know it's it's sort of like you got to put it on the calendar or else another month's going to go by where you don't get to church you don't try out that new place or you know um and so yeah it was March of this year that We came, um, my dad and stepmom came with us. She had met another um, uh, collective uh, attendee through Leadership Frederick County. And, you know, it was really just a random conversation. And then, you know, he and his wife ended up meeting us that day. And it was really welcoming. I mean, we walked in and we're like, wow, this is so nice. Everyone's so nice here. You know, (laughs) They're so
2: weirdly nice. (laughs) They're so
0: strangely kind. Uh, It's such a weird time. I know. You know? Yes. Like, that's the thing. Like, the last... The last two and a half years of our world have yeah. been weird. It, just collective world, not just ours. Like yeah. everyone, like the pandemic just really made things yeah. weird. And so it was, we came and we're like, well, all right. And um, our boys were just finishing fifth grade. So they had no interest in going to collective kids, right? Because they're like right yeah, on yeah, the edge the of end. that, right? That's so, when
2: I started going to church. I was at that yeah. same age. And yeah. I was like, I'm not going back. No, again.
0: right? So they came and sat in yeah. service with us, and um, it really gave us some great opportunities to have big discussions with them. And they, unlike other children their age, they've been privy to a lot of big discussions, far more than they should have been at this point in their lives. But so it was such a it was such a great space for us to be in. And then right after school started, Jacob started attending the youth group yeah. um, with DJ, and he loves it. He absolutely loves it. Um, Parker unfortunately has baseball. Always, myself. yeah, I was, that, I was
2: that kid as well. So I know.
0: So um, anyway, well, you know, he'll he'll come into the fold there. It'll be fine. Um, but it's again, it's that we had that we had that void. We had that place where I I you know took a year to physically heal my body, and then you know my brain was like. oh. let's deal with all the trauma you've experienced. Okay. Um, and so that was at a time where I was really struggling with my mental health and, um, we came and then it was like, okay, this is what we do now.
1: Well, and I think like for Jacob who struggles with relationships and anxiety for him to be around other kids in a place where he feels safe, has been massive for him. And to have, you know, we start having these faith conversations early in the, because he and I wake up early in the morning. And so he'll just start asking me questions about faith. And it's like, um, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to hear that a kid who has experienced, I would argue, more than a lot of adults. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, struggling with anxiety and just trying to help him and give him that opportunity and space. And you know, DJ's been awesome with them, and yeah. you know, Jacob even asked about going to the overnight camp, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, next summer, right? And it, but he even said, he was like, but you're gonna go too, right? And I'm like, no, you be be on your your own, and he's like, oh well, we'll see, we'll but, see. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you can go, right? Well, <laughs> if you'd like to, we need sponsors, so. <laughs> but then it's but it's also a struggle too because it's like Parker plays baseball, and it's usually. Almost four days a week, five days a week now between, mm-hmm. you know, training and practice and and if we have games, it's a doubleheader on Sundays and tournaments and it's a lot, but I've also found that with Parker, he plays with kids who go to church, mm-hmm. and um, so they've been a positive influence, in and now he's starting to kind of ask questions. Yeah. that's been really neat a kid from a kid in one of his classes gave him a bracelet about church or I don't remember what it was but it was something related about praying or something and he wears it all the time Um, so it's like I'll take whatever little glimpse I can with him to get him moving in that direction but it's like I don't I don't force it
2: yeah you know through all the highs and lows through all the things you guys still both love Jesus so much so much so that you guys are then trying to bring it into your kids' lives, um, which is just even more remarkable because that's not happening a lot in our culture. Um, but So let me ask you, like through everything you've been through, why keep the faith? Here you are now, knowing there could be more, right? It might not work exactly the way that you want it to. Why is this such a priority for
1: you guys? You know, we're, we're not promised tomorrow, we're not promised an easy life, but if I can show the kids that through adversity and that the choices that we make, we can come out better, we can come out stronger, we can come out of this adversity a better person, and maybe along the way we can help someone else, mm-hmm. then that matters. And, and you know, the, the boys and I have had some really hard conversations. Yeah you know what if mommy's not here what if how does that look how does that look for us how to you know it's hard to have that conversation with an almost 12 year old Mm -hmm. because they get it they understand but I would be lying to them if I said you know it's real easy to give up it is easy to give up it's harder to fight Mm and it's and but but I have to also show and lead by example of with my faith yeah this isn't what we had hoped for this isn't the ideal situation, this isn't gonna be easy. But we have a place we can go to on Sundays. We have a place where we can be surrounded by friends and family. We have a place that, you know, that community will be there, yeah. and they'll help pick us up when we kinda hit a little bit of a lower place in life. But at the end of the day, you have to have faith. You've gotta believe in something, because if you don't, <laughs> you're, you're you're gonna spiral. Yeah. And um, it'd be so easy to crash. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many friends that would be like, I, I would just give up, I would go drink a case of beer every night, I would do whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not the answer. Mm-mm. And it's not the example that I wanna set for my kids because they've, they've had a tough you know experience. But at the end of the day, they're gonna be such a mm-hmm. better human beings mm-hmm. I mean, Jacob even said to me the other day, he said, um, at Christmas, I wish I'd have gotten money so I could have given it to someone else or to a charity. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, okay, I must be doing something okay by leading yeah. with example. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, you know, Karen was talking about, like, with her schedule, the kids know if Karen's working, we still go to church. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And it's important to give them that security and that that schedule and that base. Mm -hmm. Um, Because without it, I I think it would be too easy to backslide.
0: And that's that's truly all we could want for them, is to want to give and to want to help and to want to be a part of something greater than themselves. Um, And I think that that, for me, is why why I, I know I always go back it's because I, I I need to feel like something bigger than just me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I mean, if if this is it, this sucks.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Like if this if this if the world is just the world and life is just life, yeah. that's it's not it. It can't be. It's not fair. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's it can't be. Yeah. You know. And to go through what you guys have been through, if there is no faith, like you have to step back and, and say. What's the point of this? One of the things that we're trying to help people understand through this podcast is life is hard, right? It comes at you in ways that you didn't expect. Sometimes it's because we make terrible decisions, but sometimes it's just life. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus isn't a part of it, like this, it's going to destroy you yeah. and it's going to break you to to pieces. And then you're going to raise kids that you break to pieces who raise kids that you break to pieces. And you guys are fighting that so hard and it's just, it's admirable. It's something that obviously like I, I want people to hear because it's not uh, a lot of things you guys have been through it's you had, you had no say in any of it mm-hmm. and but here it is so one of the questions I ask everybody is in light of their life experience and it could and be very specific advice or broad advice but what advice would you you give to people who have are experiencing things you guys are experiencing or have experienced that kind of take that in and so uh, what advice would you give and, and again you can narrow it in on something specific <laughs> whether it's like you know grief or whether it's you know infertility or it's just the broad picture of like hey like faith in the storm what advice would you give the people listening
0: lean in yeah lean in and that doesn't mean you know lean in and stay in the hurt and the pain and the sorrow or any of that but lean in feel it you, ha- you have to feel. Yeah. You have to feel it. And, um, and then fi- find your way. Find your way. And, and I know that that's like, okay, well, how do I find my way? Yeah. What do I do, right? Um, connection. Yep. Whatever you're dealing with, there's a group out there yep. for it, whether it's in person, online, whatever. Like there's someone there that's gone through what you're going through, is going through what you're going through. Find them advocate for yourself advocate for yourself and what you need because if you don't do it nobody will yeah. even the people who love you the most they don't know intimately what you need because only you and your soul can to say that
2: yeah and, and let me just say this too because we've talked a little bit about how Karen works with grief don't ignore grief right so when you're saying lean in like one of the things you're saying is like lean into the feelings but it's lean into the grief lean into well. the grief
0: absolutely Um, yeah.
2: We do not grieve well.
0: No.
2: Um, we're very bad at it. We're told we can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think bereavement in most companies is two days. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get back to work. Yep. Right. You know, stop feeling that feeling. Um, and so, one thing I, I would say, and I'm going to offer this up, and I know Karen will be okay with this, is if you're struggling with grief and you don't know what to do with it, um, come find me and I'll introduce you to Karen. Um, because she has a, a skill set and tools that will help you. But do not—you can't ignore it. No, you can't, because it will eat you alive. Yes,
0: it will eat you alive. Um, and so, yeah, you gotta—you gotta face it. Yeah, you gotta face it. You gotta lean in. That's yeah.
1: good. Justin, what about you? What advice do you have for us? It's okay to cry. <laughs> it's okay to hurt. We grew up in a society where men aren't supposed to do that. Yep. Therapy is amazing because. <laughs> You need a unbiased person who can validate the feelings that you're going through. You know, I think I think it's really important that for us as we look to next year and we're doing these trips and you know, you make that a priority. Presents are great, gifts are amazing, but you know, I'm gonna get to take the kids or we are gonna get to take them to to see two Astros game next year and they're gonna to get to meet my family in Texas and Karen want to go to Canada to Niagara Falls and so we're scheduling that out and so it's yeah. like just make it a priority because we for so many years were like mm. let's go do and pick a topic go to a place or whatever life happens yeah and so often like we would be like you know finances or the kids or whatever and we just didn't make it a priority I wish someone had set me down and said, make it a priority. Now that we're in this place, like we, we need to make those memories. And I want to make sure that our kids have the memories of Karen and, and, and let that be something they get to treasure forever. You guys will do these experiences,
2: but it doesn't come at the cost of faith and it doesn't come at the cost of family. And it's like, When it's because when it's the foundation, which everyone just got to hear for the past hour, like when it's the foundation, you're not choosing one or the other. It's both. Mm -hmm. And you guys like balance it out so well um, because it's not a this or that. It's a this and this. And you can do both. Mm -hmm. You just have to be intentional.
0: About it.
2: Set the calendar. Exactly. Right. It's
0: uh, intentionality in everything. You know, Um, spontaneity is great. But in our world, it doesn't happen often because we're busy.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. So last question, what is your favorite Bible verse?
0: Truly one of my favorite and actually uh, is my first tattoo that I got when I was 30 years old um, is Hebrews six nineteen. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. That's like our life. <laughs> so the second one is Colossians 3, uh, verse uh, 23, which is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men.
2: Yeah, that's really good. Justin.
1: All right, so mine is Psalms one eighteen, twenty four. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And for me, that was how we started every sermon in Texas. Yeah. Then it became every day, like as I leave for work or if I go take a walk or whatever, there's certain spots like I just know that like first pops in my head. Yeah. And it just it reminds me that every day This is a gift for that day. That's so good, guys.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know that sharing your story is vulnerable. You know, it means a lot that you guys would would be willing to share your story, especially as people who um, are pretty new to collective. And so the vulnerability is a little bit higher because there's going to be a lot of people that know your story before you even know what they look like. And um, I know that I'm a lucky person because I've been able to hear parts of it and know your family and... Uh, know the boys. And I'm just thankful that uh, we have the opportunity to do this. So thank you guys so much for sharing with us today. You're thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks guys.